Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not alone? But he holds you close, amen. He guides and directs. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, I just want to say again, we love you, Lord. and Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. We're so thankful for all that you've done among us. Just looking for more of you, Lord, to speak to our hearts, touch our lives, Father, to lift us up on this Wednesday night, Lord, to help our eyes just turn back towards you, Lord. Father, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you. Ask you to bless each heart that's here, Lord, that may be listening on stream. Father, that your presence to just surround them during these moments and these times, we ask you for your glory. We love you now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Exodus 13, if you would, and also Matthew 2. Amen. Exodus 13, verse 21, it says, The Lord, and the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud to lead them in the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Also Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 says, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with them. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded them where Christ should be born. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Amen. We let you be seated. Amen. I want to speak to you tonight on the light, the star, the fire. Amen. The light, the star, the fire. A a mysterious light has been in every exodus. Uh, it's been called the pillar of fire. It's been called a star, but it's been, it's been present every exodus and it came for a reason. It didn't come to just be seen and all, and actually not everyone would see it, but it came to be present to deliver. It came to lead. It came to call out. It came to heal. It came to protect It came to bring God's people to their predetermined place. Amen. And I'm thankful that we are a people that have saw his light. 
Amen. The fire of God. You know, Brother Brandon, I, I just hit this quote and it kind of uh, stirred me to think about this because he said, we, we see that they were led, talking about the wise men, by a mysterious light that they call a star. That they call a star. As they was led, this thought come to me that the children of Israel were also led by a mysterious light. In Exodus 13, we read it that, that there was a pillar of fire that went before them to lead them to the promise that God had given them. Amen. To, to, to make sure they made it to their destination. Amen. Listen, God is not just here to tell us you got to go here, but he's here to lead us to the place he has determined for us. Amen. You know, we could, there was others that he said, Joseph stood there as he and Mary would make their way to Bethlehem. And he would stand there looking down across that valley as they would make that last camp before they would go into Bethlehem. He saw a strange sight. It's unusual, right? In the, it's, it's usually right in the time of trouble when supernatural things happen. I love that. Amen. It's right in the time of trouble when supernatural things happen. He looked over and he saw a star. He had never remembered ever seeing one so big. It looked so low. It was hanging right over Bethlehem. He looked up and he turned. And after he helped Mary up on the rock to rest a little while, and he turned around to say to her, dear, did you ever notice? And when he turned, he seen the reflection of that star in her pretty black eyes as she sat there smiling, saying, dear, isn't that a strange thing? She said, Joseph, honey, I've watched that since the sun went down. I've been watching that star and I feel real strange tonight that something is about to happen. It's usually that way when, you know, when you have that strange feeling, she'd been watching that star and Joseph and the little mule taking his rest, breathing. And they watched that star and it had an odd action to it. It didn't act like the rest of the stars. It didn't look like the rest of the stars. It seemed to be rest, restless, moving around. It was waiting for something, watching for something to happen. Amen. The light of God looking over his word to make sure it comes to pass. Amen. And I, I'm thinking, you know, not everybody saw that star. Amen. As, as we read, the wise men went into Jerusalem and they began to ask, where is he? The king of the Jews, you know, uh, but they had been watching it for some time and seeing this supernatural phenomena. Amen. But not everyone saw that. Not even those that were close around, not even those all that maybe that were in Bethlehem saw that star or otherwise they would have come and they would have been there. But amen, it was actually, amen, uh, the, the light of God that was shining out and beaming out and calling hearts to come worship, to call in hearts, to come see, amen, the, the manifested word of the hour. And that is exactly what has happened in our day. The pillar of fire that has come down in this generation, it called your heart. There was something about it. It's moving and it's, and the way it acted and the way it done, amen, it got your attention that there's something that was special that was happening. Amen. There was something that was special that was going on. Brother Brandon would even talk about it, the star or the light in our day. He said, I, I looked as he was baptized. 
eyes. And he said, I looked coming right out of heaven, out of the place about as big as this platform where the blue skies begin to churn like waters. And coming right down came a big thing. It looked just like a star whirling around. Woo. Come right down visibly before the eyes. Move right down like a star at a distance. When it got close, it looked like a milling fire of light. And I thought, my, ain't that amazing? He gave, then he goes on, he talks about the light that would come into the bedroom or to the room where he was. And, 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 and the angel of God would step out of it. And he said, you know, I've often wondered if that wasn't the angel or the light that would trouble the waters at Bethesda. Amen. And I, I, I know a lot of y'all has uh, got into the chosen and they, they do a lot of good things. But one thing that they do not believe that the waters were ever troubled. They believe it's a mystic thing or uh, 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 just a hoorah or whatever. They don't believe it was anything supernatural. But I happen to believe that it was. Because I know God moves and he moves waters and he stirs things. Amen. I, I just want to ask them how in the world, if it wasn't somebody getting healed, if it wasn't somebody getting delivered, there wasn't miracles that were happening, why would a man be lame for 38 years, lay there and ask for his chance? Amen. But he had to be seeing something that was going on. He had to be seeing somebody get healed, somebody get delivered. Amen. Somebody get moved upon. Amen. As they would jump into that place. Amen. But what was it? The angel of God would come down and he would begin to move the waters. And we know that's exactly what happens in their services. Amen. And that's exactly why we ought to be like those that sit around that pool. When we see the waters stirred, when we see God begin to move, when we say, amen, you may not see a physical light, but you can see the reactions and the things that are taking place. Amen. You can see God coming and moving in his people. It's the time to get in. It's the time that you move. Amen. It ain't all about God moving. You have a time that you move. When you see him moving, when you see him performing his works, when you see him moving on the midst of the waters, amen. Amen. You see God moving on the midst of his children. It's the time that you move. It's the time that you go forward. Amen. Amen. See, he said, see, See, the papers even carried it, talking about in the, in the baptism, the mysterious uh, star appears over minister while, baptiz by, while baptizing. And, and on down, it kept coming. He said, the night when it's taking place, when he called me to the ministry, I was sitting in a room, been in prayer. My, I've been praying all night, burdened. He said, I, I knew something was going on. Something was happening. And I got up and I walked around the room and I prayed again. He said, I'd been a pretty successful Baptist preacher. I had audience. Sometimes Sometimes thousands uh, had revivals. Thousands were saved at a time. He said, but I was sitting there and all of a sudden I seen a light flicker in the room and it looked to see where I, it was at. And I thought, well, here, and I, and I was praying and weighing in them hills. I know that nobody was coming in that car. And I thought, what is that? I looked and he said, what was this very same thing that you see in the picture? It was spread out on the floor, getting larger and larger, spreading across. And I thought, oh God, just imagine how you would feel when you saw that. He said, friends, these things are not just something that you can imagine in your mind. He said, I speak just as direct as he speaks to me, just as I'm talking to you now, not just imagination. I heard something begin to walk. I heard something begin to move. And I, I seen the feet of a man barefooted come walking in through that light coming to my right, always coming from my right. And he said, that's the reason I have the prayer line come that way. It always comes from my right. And I looked and I seen his feet and 
when he got to me, he was a tall man. He was heavy set, weighed about 200 pounds, looked just as natural as I'm standing here. He had his arms folded. First time I ever seen him in that form. He walked right up to me where I was. He had a smooth face, dark hair, hair down maybe around his shoulders. He didn't have a beard. He had a smooth face and he walked up and he looked pathetic to look. He was look. listen how I described him. He said, he looked pathetic to look at him. He looked like he was a man. If I could just not, if I could just picture his characteristics, the character of his face, he looked like a man that was sympathetic and kind hearted. Hallelujah. But yet he looked like a man that if he spoke, it would be that way. Hallelujah. So I looked at him and he looked at me. It was, I was so scared. I was biting my thumbnails till it was almost bleeding. And out of his mouth, the first words he said was fear not. Hallelujah. Amen. That's exactly the same words of the angel. Amen. That led them said, fear not. Amen. It was, it's the same words that are spoken by the angels on the hills of the, to the shepherds. Fear not. Amen. It's the same light. It's the same voice. It's the same God. It's the same miraculous thing that is happening. It's the same one that drawed them out of Egypt. Amen. The same one that drawed the wise men out of, out of, and brought them to the land of Israel is the same one that is drawing people out of sin and out of denominational systems, amen, to come to a voice that is sympathetic, that cares for you, that knows exactly what you're going through. And he has a face that is kind towards you, that is looking at you not with angry eyes, but with eyes of compassion. And when he speaks, it's going to be that way. Hallelujah. He said, I knew all along. He said, I knew at that moment, that same voice that was speaking to me was the same one that has spoke to me all along. That was the first time I ever seen him like that. But I knew that voice. He said, fear not for I'm sent from the presence of almighty God to tell you that your peculiar birth and peculiar life has always been misunderstood with men. Your peculiar life and peculiar birth has been to indicate you're, take, you're to take a gift of divine healing to the people of the world. I said, sir, I'm uneducated. I could not go. He said, I'll be with you. Sounds just like Moses. I can't do it. I can't talk, but I'll be with you. I've heard the cries of my people. I've heard, amen, the taskmaster's whip. I've heard all this going on and I am come down to deliver them. I want you to understand with the same angel that met Moses in a burning bush is the same angel that met our prophet. And so when you look at the results that it had in that day, it'll have the same results. Amen. He said the prophet Moses, as the prophet Moses was given two signs. He said, I can't go. People won't believe me. He said, as the prophet Moses was given two signs, so will you be given two signs. First will be that you'll be able to detect disease by your hand, by taking the patient's hand. And if you be sincere when you pray, get them to believe. Amen. Nothing shall stand before your prayer, not even cancer. He spoke cancer. <laughs> Did you hear that cancer? The angel of God knows about you. Amen. He spoke cancer. That's the only disease he said. And he said, then if you'll be sincere with that, it'll come to pass that you'll tell them the secrets of their heart. There'll be two signs. He said, but I will be with you. Oh my. 
And as just then that light began to gather up and as it gathered up, it gathered up to, up to the angel and got into the angel and the angel went in that light, the pillar of fire that you see tonight, it went out of the room. I don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. The first patient come to me, I touched them with a cancer. I don't know what was the matter with them. I just let myself alone and begin to pray and away went the cancer. And the woman weighed 150 pounds now, perfect health. One that was 20 years graduate nurse with cancer just through and through her but God came on the scene he said that's the way it goes he said when I seen the picture amen he said I knew it was the same thing that I'd seen since I was a child talking about that picture that we now have of the pillar of fire he said I knew that was the same thing I'd seen since I was a child Amen. Listen, this message is not the words of a man, of a mere man. This message is vindicated by a pillar of fire. Amen. That's why we should never get our eyes off of that and realize just how supernatural this message really is. It's not a bunch of creeds and dogmas or some seventh grade education of a Kentuckian preacher. No, sir. He couldn't come up with all that. But this message is coming directly out of the pillar of fire. Amen. And he talks about that. He said, I, I wouldn't take money off of that because it's too sacred. He said, they, they may, may put up a price so that all poor people could get it. He said, if it was mine, it would do. Whatever it costs to print it, that's what it would be. But it isn't mine. It belongs to them. But dear friends, what I think it is is God. To, it, what I think it is is God to the skeptic an unbeliever that wouldn't believe the signs that you believe, he has to believe also. And God has sent and given us signs to the world today. He always sends signs. Don't you believe that? This will be a sign to you. You'll find a child wrapped in swaddling cloth. Is that right? The white wise men followed a star that brought them to him. Always God gives signs and wonders. He's, I think it's a sign to let them know that we're in the last day, that even the unbeliever is without excuse now. Amen. And when they told me and brought me, it was before the picture and so forth said, you'll be, you'll die like mortals, Reverend Branham, but your picture will live as long as there, are, there is a Christian civilization. Now, opponent, the picture doesn't look like me. Everybody says, that's not you. Well, you can imagine that close to you. It kind of changes your features too. <laughs> well, amen. Well, if it can get close to and change your features, what if it gets inside of you? Amen. It'll change what you look at, what you look, uh, how you look. It'll change all about, all about you. Amen. I mean, he said, Mr. Lacey looked at it. And he said, well, it's been said by hypocrites that those lights that are around saints and the Savior was just artist's work. He said they, they were there because it, it, he said they, they were there because it can't be doubted no more. He said, that is not psychology. He said, that is the, uh, the, uh, the optical lens of a camera won't take psychology. Amen. It is something supernatural striking the lens. In the back, I just hit this on Gordon Lindsay's testimony, actually, in the, as the prayer line was forming in one of Brother Branham's meetings. It was actually at that word in 50. Gordon Lindsay gets up and he says, while the prayer line is forming, he said, I want to show you this picture that we happened to get a hold of just now. One that Brother Branham was talking about, which shows a supernatural light over his head. 
As soon as that picture was taken, I made arrangements to have the negative taken to the examiner of question documents, Mr. George Lacey of Houston, Texas. And I asked him, I said, you have all the means of science at your command. Can you tell me if there's any fake about the particular negative? Can you tell if there's a superimposure? Can you tell if there's been a double exposure? Can you tell if the film has been doctored with in any way? He said, absolutely I can. So he took it. This is his words. He said it cost us a considerable sum because he was a scientist engaged in that work and examined it many, examined it many hours in his laboratory. And then with his own name unsigned underneath it, he declared that the negative was absolutely, absolutely, positively genuine. He said, may I just add this word? The picture was taken by a hostile photographer, one that had spoken against the meeting. Amen. And said, he says, uh, uh, he, he goes, uh, he goes on. He said, fact, he, he said the statement even got in the newspaper and he was surprised as anyone. They were Jews, Orthodox Jews. And so I regard this merely as a vindication and confirmation. And brother Branham regards it, not that he's supernatural in any way, but a very, very, uh, verification of his ministry and message of bringing divine healing to the people of the world. Friends, I believe the Bible is true. And so tonight as brother Branham ministers, May we all be in the spirit of God and realize that the supernatural is here tonight to deliver people and not only heal them, but to heal their souls and to bring men and women to Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand this pillar of fire, he did not take it from them. This pillar of fire has not been taken from you. It is still in the church of the living God. It is still moving among us. It's it's still healing the sick. It's still beckoning to the lost. It's still pulsating out the power of almighty God. And wise men still will come to it. And wise men still will follow it. And wise men still would be led by it. Amen. It's not just something that's a historical fact or a historical picture that we can point to 50 years ago. That light is still here among us even tonight. It's still moving among us. It's it's still touching hearts. It's still stirring the waters. We'll talk about this light for a minute and this fire, this star. He said, I was sitting in the room. I was reading my little Schofield Bible and I heard something. First, I saw a light and I thought it was an automobile that turned the corner, but it turned. As it turned, it got brighter and brighter. I looked out the door and there was no automobile. And I heard something like this. And he knocks on the podium four times, walking. And I looked and the light got greater and just above me hung a great star. And the light was kind of more of a green, between green and yellow shining on the floor and come walking through this light came a man that looked, as I said before, could have been a man, 200 pounds, a huge man. He did not have a beard on his face like Christ's picture does. Who he is, I do not know. 
He had hair down to his shoulder, about shoulder length, but he was an olive complexion, had dark eyes, and he walked as close to me as the microphone is there. This is what has been associated with the message that we have received. Why are you here? Not because of your own ideas and you thought it was a good thing to get on a camel and, and ride 2,000 miles. No, you're here. Amen. Why have you left their family? Why have you left uh, land? Why have you left the things that you have left? Why are you here? Because of the light. Because of the star that is, is shining out. Hey, listen, there was many other observatories out there. There was many other men that were looking and counting. They kept time by the stars, but they didn't see that light. They didn't see that star, but there was men that had been looking and reading and looking and reading. And God, who's rich in mercy, allowed their eyes to be open to where they could see more than Jupiter and Mars and Venus, but they could see the supernatural that began to beckon them and call them to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so thankful that we've been able to see more than just William Branham or more than just some good preacher or more than just some church or some idea or some theology. But there's people, their eyes have been opened and they've been pulled to this place by a star, by the morning star, by the fire of Almighty God. And I'm not even talking about necessarily to this church, but to this word. He said, it's come in the meetings many times, like a big world of fire. It's been seen in our meetings. Here not long ago, he said, I was baptizing several thousand people standing watching in the month of August down the foot of Spring Street in Jeffersonville. And here it come out of the skies, visible around, before around 10,000 people moved down where I was standing, the voice screaming from it. Hundreds fainted on the banks, papers carried great articles, mystic star appears over minister while baptizing. One night while speaking in a building, I had about 3,000 people sitting out like this up to 2,000 up, he said, I started to pray for a little boy, the first one, which was a crippled case. His little feet was drawn up with, with, like, with polio, and I was holding the little fellow in my arms and was praying. And while I was praying, the light got real bright in my face. And he said, I said to myself, the custodian must have turned the lights on. And, you know, they, they run the show around the place. And I thought, well, that's, that's, that's strange that a man would do that. That's not even being a gentleman, let alone a Christian who would turn on a light in somebody's face while praying. But I just kept praying and it got brighter and got brighter and everyone very reverent with their hands bowed and I raised my head. And when I looked up, come floating down through the room came the morning star. Hallelujah, come right up to where I was at and I was holding a little baby. It was sitting down there to where I was and it, it sat right down to where I was at and I don't know whether I dropped it or what happened but that baby hit the floor and his little feet like that was crooked, come down straight. The mother sitting out front, she raised her head up and began to scream and fainted and fell on the floor. The little boy started running off the platform hollering to his mother and there was a Nazarene girl playing the baby grand piano sitting right down 
down. Nazarene people are, little, are, are, are a little emotion, have little emotion. He said, there's any Nazarenes here? Let's see your hands. Surely there's some Nazarenes somewhere. Well, they got enough religion maybe to shout every once in a while, you know. He said, this girl was a very attractive, young, blonde-headed girl, sat playing the piano. But when she saw that, she threw her hands up and turned real right and began screaming at the top of her voice for, it, she, it, for she had seen what she had seen. And she began to run away from the piano that she was playing the great physician now is near. He said, you heard it. And right there, as soon as she ran away, those ivory keys kept playing. The great physician now is near. The sympathizing Jesus. He speaks to the drooping hearts to cheer. No other name but Jesus. Played not a word or two, but played the whole thing. And people heard it and began screaming with their handkerchiefs running, crying, God, have mercy on me. What was it? The light came visible. I believe if there ought to be a people on the face of this earth that ought to be expecting to see the pillar of fire, it ought to be the people of God. It ought to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Every one of you was born in a crippled condition. Every one of you was born and shaped in sin and uh, speaking lies and, and shaped in iniquity. You come into this world like that, born all crippled up, but the morning star came floating by. Amen. It begin to burn brighter and brighter and brighter until things begin to come unclogged in your life to where you can see I'm not a sinner. That's not who I am. I'm a son or daughter of God. It's the fire that has visited this generation. You know what happened with them wise men when they recognized what that was? He said the wise men got the best things they could get together. The best gifts they could offer. He said maybe they cast lots. Maybe it fell on three of those. And they load camels, but they got the best. They got the gold, the myrrh, and the frankincense. They waited until the star come out at night, and they begin to move westward up over the mountains. And he said, it wasn't an easy path. He said, it was a rough path. Sometimes he leads through pretty rugged terrain. But when you have seen him, you're going to bring your best. (laughs) Uh, You know, they could have loaded it with apples. They could have loaded it with bananas or raisins. They could have loaded it with a lot of things. But Brother Bram said they loaded it with the best they had because they had witnessed something that was supernatural. And so therefore they was going to come and give him praise with the best they had. They was going to bow down before him with the best they had. Amen. I I think that ought to be a a good example for us if we have truly seen the supernatural among us and and the supernatural moving and the supernatural touching and the supernatural saving and healing. We ought to come and bring our best. If we're truly going to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it ought to be our best worship. It ought to be the best that we can give, not our, not our last bit of efforts and not our last bit of this, but everything that we have. It's going to lead through some pretty rugged spots. 
we've been through some rugged spots, rough spots, hard spots. Every one of us has. But it doesn't matter which way he leads as long as he's leading and we get there. That's the main thing. As the poet expressed, some through the waters, some through the floods, some through deep trials, but it's all through the blood. God leads his children. Amen. It's a light that is leading them. And on the camels, they climbed up mountains, rugged and steep. They went through valleys. They went through deserts. They went through places of drying and barrenness. They went through all kinds of things. But just keep following the star. You will arrive if you keep following the leading of the Holy Ghost. The cross of the mountains that must come down, you know, maybe a little southern route or something. They crossed through the Tigris River and got out in the plains. That star never failed them. That's a beautiful part about the gift of God. It will not fail because it's God. That pillar of fire never makes a mistake. It doesn't matter what path he chooses to take you on. It's not a mistake. Hey man, the children of Israel thought he made a mistake, but no, he brought them to the Red Sea for not for their demise, but for their enemy's demise. Amen, not for their death, but for Egypt's destruction. Amen, so he led them in such a way that where news would get back, they had to be gone long enough and moving around long enough and people watching and saying they're entangled, they're lost, tell Pharaoh, let's go get them and bring them back. Amen, but what was it? They could, the, the people that were looking at them, looking like they're just going aimlessly here and aimlessly there, what they failed to see, there was a pillar of fire that was leading them. That's what Balaam failed to see. He failed to see there was a pillar of fire among them. Night after night, it led them. Week after week, month after month, they went through valleys, they went through plains. Finally, it led them up to, it went right up to Jerusalem. The strange thing, when it come to Jerusalem, which was the hub, the capital of Jewish religion, the star went out. How many have been watching a star and see it go out? That don't happen, I don't think, very often. Jupiter's still there, been there for millions of years or however long. Amen. But what was it? It was a supernatural light. The star went out. He said, see why? He said, why? He said, because Jerusalem wasn't looking for it. They wasn't looking for the star, so the star was not present there. Oh, come on. We want to be a people that's looking for it. Because you have to be looking for it for it to be present there. Amen, that God would, amen, well, he, he, you start pulling and asking and saying, God, I need you, I'm looking for you, and God will show himself to you. When it got to Jerusalem, it faded right out. He said, that's what's the matter today. When we come to this social gospel teachings and so forth, why can't they believe in supernatural signs? They're not looking for it. Therefore, they say days of miracles are past. Why? Because they don't believe God can still do miracles. They're not looking for it. Why? Why do they say that we, uh, Mark 16 is not in action no more? Why? Because they're not looking for a God who can fulfill that word. 
Amen. They're not looking for, they're not looking for supernatural signs. They're not looking for the lights going out. They just worship God through creeds. But God is a spirit, said Jesus. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. So when it got to Jerusalem, it faded out. Did you notice a gift will not stay or brighten itself or make itself known where it's not wanted? That's the that's prophet's word. He said, a gift will not stay or brighten or make itself known where it's not wanted. That's why we need to make sure every service we welcome his spirit among us. If we want more healings, you better welcome him more. If you want more deliverances and more salvation, we need to make sure, amen, that we're expecting him to do what he said he would do. Perhaps, you know, the major I thought, well, surely he'll be here. This is where the center of the religion is. The main church was there. The body of the main believers was there. They thought to be the, the high priest and, and great men that had scrolls and great schools and so forth. And the king, there was a king there, but the star left them and, and they begin to cry out and begin to rouse up the city and say, hey, where is the king? Where is he that's born king of the Jews? Until all Jerusalem was stirred up about it and, and they begin to wonder, what is, what's, what, why are they making all this noise? Why are they acting like this? Why are they doing all of this? Because they had seen his star. They had been already in, in, in communion or, or, and, and their thoughts had been watching and looking at the supernatural. And so when you get up in a place where there is no supernatural, it ought to make you ask, why? Where is he, the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Why is he not made welcome? Why is he not worshiped? Why is his signs not among us? Could you imagine up and down the Broadway through the side streets? They had to take notice. These were not just any, these were rich men. He said, maybe I could call them today Christian businessmen. They were riding on these camels decked in fine decoration. They know there was something about the men, but one thing that alarmed them was this question. Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and we have come to worship him. He said, that's the hungry heart of many a millionaire tonight wanting to find the real Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> Maybe, the, I don't know if there is millionaires wanting to find it, but maybe, maybe there's men or women that are hungry. Wanting to find, where is this Holy Ghost? Where is this same one that fell on the day of Pentecost? Where is this same one that has the same actions and the same power and the same signs? We, where is it? We have read that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where is it? We have read he's a great healer. Where is he? We have read that the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Where is it in our churches? Where is the power that sets the church afire? Not a 
bunch of cold creeds and dogmas and, and you just sit there and maybe wait for something down the road. Where's the fire at today? Where's the same fire that fell then? It ought to be in the church today. Where is it? And make them, he said, where is the power that sets the church afire and makes them turn off the television on Wednesday night and go to church? Where is the power that makes our ladies dress like women? Where is the power that sets a soul on fire and he's out on the field testifying to the glory of God? He said, even today in Pentecostal realms, they're becoming ashamed of the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, and the scripture said, in the last days, they'll be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The days of miracles is past, they say. There's no such thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost today like they had it on the day of Pentecost, they say. That's just because they come too late to tell me about it. I've already got it and I know it's the truth. I know that the same Jesus that God raised up from the dead, he's my savior. He lives in my heart and in every heart of any believer that accepts him, he'll change your life and give you a no-so salvation and a testimony of his resurrection. But Jerusalem didn't have the answer. They didn't know. Well, maybe it's coming. Maybe it's down the road. Maybe it's a future thing. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get the bride's revival. Maybe one day it'll, it'll burn again in the hearts of people. Maybe one day. Right now, it's not that day. Not right now is not the season of miracles. You lying devil. Jerusalem didn't have an answer. The church don't have an answer for that. When the scripture says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the church today does not have the answer for that. The church don't have the answer. He's partly, they say he's partly what he used to be. He, he, he still saves, but I don't, he, 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 he don't heal. When Jesus said, go into all the world, how far? All the world. Two-thirds of the earth? No, all the world. How long does it last? To every creature. To who? Every creature. Amen. Preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel came not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That's the true gospel. And these signs shall follow those or accompany those that believe. Oh, that's what we need today, brother, here tonight. If your church don't believe in that, you get in your heart tonight and take it right back to the church. The world's asking today, where is that God? Where is that one that used to be? Where is that God of history? If the God of history isn't the same God today, what good does a God of history do you if he ain't the same today? What happened to the great Jehovah, the all-powerful one, the El Shaddai, the I am, not the I was, the I am, what happened? happened to it. There's nothing that's happened to him. It's happened to the people. They don't have the answer. But they couldn't stop these fellas. They wanted to find him. 
<laughs> if you want to find him, you'll find him. Sirs, we would see Jesus. You want to find him? You will find him. He will make himself known to you. Hallelujah. He said, if God's ever anchored something in your heart of thirst to find him, there's nothing that's going to stop you from finding him. Up and down the streets. Where is he? We've seen a star. They didn't have the answer. They ain't got it today. Same thing. When God sent the sign of the church, the church failed to see it. Same as they did then. So they, what they, so what they made so much a fuss about until they had to call out the Sanhedrin court and they had to look back up and see it's in Bethlehem. And they still didn't believe it. He said, listen, brother, if your church or the church hasn't got the answers to these signs and wonders, the word of God's got the answer. If your pastor don't have the answer, the God's word has the answer. If you're hungering for it, God will show you it in the word. God always keeps his word. So as soon as they found out where it was supposed to take place, they left. Out of there they went. Amen, they had to get rid of this. They couldn't get breezed around amongst people. They, had to, they, 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 they couldn't be stopped. They had to break out of their traditions. And as wise men went out of the city gates, and soon as they got out of that gloomy place, <laughs> out of that gloomy place, the star appeared again. I hate to say it, but if your church is a gloomy place, get out of it. If it's so dark and gloomy and there's no power priest and there's no signs and wonders performed, there's no gospel to save the lost and heal the sick, it's a gloomy place. Amen. If you'll leave it, the star appear back to you. Find out where he's at. When you come out of the world and its traditions, the glory of God will appear to you again. It will lead you. When you come out of yourself and out of your sins and out of your unbelief and out of your hurts and leave it all behind and raise your heart to God, God will appear to you again. When they seen that star again, the Bible says they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I see what's wrong with some people. They just ain't seen the star. I mean, think about it. We got people today we call stars. And they exceedingly rejoice about their star when they run a ball down the court or they run a football down this and they do this and they do that, whatever. Amen, they call them stars. That's not the star I'm talking about. I'm talking about the morning star. And people of this world can look at uh, of men that will fail and, and do all kind of ungodly things and worship them and adorate and, and, and shout and do all that. And they can do that. And yet when the morning star appears among us, we're supposed to sit like a bump on the log and, and not rejoice, exceedingly rejoice with great joy. Now I understand what the problem is. People have not saw the star. But when you see him, amen, he said they must have shouted. Exceedingly great joy for they knew they were following the sign that was going to lead them to the Savior. He said where Jesus is, there's gospel light for he is the light. 
Where Jesus is, there is fire. Hello, somebody. Where Jesus is, there is fire. Amen. Let's just think about the emotional realms about things. I don't know about you, but I ain't really ever found any darkness to make me want to shout. I have not found a dark place that I see and I start entering into it. I'm like, woo I get to go into this dark place. No, no, that's exactly the opposite. But I have had a time in my life that light made me shout. Because I was in a dark place, but all of a sudden I saw a light. Maybe it was just a light on a house somewhere. And I was out in the woods and I had been kind of turned around. But all of a sudden I saw something out there that I could follow and go to and know I could find help in my time of need. Hallelujah. I understand if you got a lot of darkness around you, there ain't a lot to be happy about. There ain't a lot to shout about. There ain't a lot to dance about. But if you have the light of God moving in your midst and changing lives and healing the sick and saving the lost, there's something to have exceedingly joy, great joy about. He says, fire, he, where Jesus is, there is fire. And that's another thing fire will do. It will bring emotion out of you. <laughs> How many of you sisters ever burnt your hand on a stove or a hot plate or brothers on a barbecue, whatever? It brought, it brought some emotion out of you. Some of maybe just a little, ow, that hurt. Some people got more fire, uh, they're more what do you call that? I'm looking for the word. They're, they're able to take pain tolerance, fire tolerance. <laughs> Some people are fireproof. The fire of God can move through and it don't do nothing to them. Amen. But those that are looking for it. And all of a sudden they see it moving. They see things happening and signs and wonders follow and moving. It does something to them. Amen. He said, night after night, we see him coming on the scene, saving the first souls, saving the first, saving first the last, the lost souls, giving them the Holy Spirit that's seeking after it. Come and call him back to backsliders. That's the signs to follow. And then we see him also raise up sick and the afflicted, making them well. He's doing that along now for some time. But then at the end time, he's promised there would be light. There would be the fullness of the power would be coming. The prophet said there would be a day which would be neither light or day. But in the evening time, it shall be light. So I would say that we are in the end time. So in the end time, there is the fullness. It's not a partial light. It's the full light. Therefore, it exposes all sin. It exposes all sickness. It pushes back all darkness. Evening lights are shining. The power of of the resurrected Christ is falling among us. The Messiah sign has appeared that he is with us, in us, and will comfort us, will help us, will bless us, will lead us to the one who has scarred and scars in his hand, pierced in his side. He said, I believe that same Holy Spirit that's here now will take us up someday to the right hand of God where we'll see him setting. There we will live with him forever and be his children and he will be our God. That's my heart's desire is to be with him. 
He said, the scripture promises, Jesus himself said, the works that I do shall you do also. These things was to appear in the Gentile church. One word against it will never be forgiven. Wow. But it would be a sign. As it was back there, the same sun, the same light is here now. The star went before the wise men. Nobody saw it but the wise men. Hope there's some wise men here tonight. Amen. Amen. They went over every observatory. They, They kept time, but no one saw it but the wise men. It was the same pillar of fire that was sent to Moses, and the Moses was sent to the children of Israel. All Egypt did not see it. But it was sent to bring signs, to bring miracles, to bring wonders, to lead them, to guide them, amen, to, be, to bring them out. But the first thing you know is they got in trouble following this pillar of fire. Here's a, here's a good thought for you tonight. You probably ain't gonna like it. But God loves to bring you into trouble. He loves to put trouble down to see what you're going to do about it. So he just stopped up the Red Sea and the first thing you know, he marched them right on through that place. See how God likes to do it. He loves to display his power and love. He's God. He just loves to show you who he is. He said, the trouble of those day people say, all oh, them days are past. No, how can God display himself when you're taught such stuff as that? But God loves to manifest himself. That's why he brings trouble. That's why he allows it. Matter of fact, he puts bits in his mouth and he brings it to a certain place and he brings you to a certain place so he can manifest himself to you. Here come the children of Israel walking in the light. Moses going on before them. Come on this way. God is calling. We're going out. We're going to pull. Hallelujah. They were shouting, jumping, having a good time. Oh, what's that dust coming? Oh, that's just Pharaoh's army. What? What, 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 what are you going to do? There's no graves in Egypt. God said, what are you so scared about? Didn't you know? Did, didn't, you, did, didn't you believe what I did down there? What you, didn't you see all the things I've done to them already? What you worried about? Why are you trying to make me angry? He said, when you see these things happen and the light has led you to this place, that's the way God does. Don't get scared. Look to the light. Don't be frustrated about it. Well, we had one big trial. Bless God, we got over it. We won't have no more. Listen, you're on your road to the promised land. There's many trials. He led them right out of the desert where there was no water. He led them to places there was no food. He led them into what looked like traps. He led them into battles. This light. Well, let me tell you. It's a whole lot better being in a battle with the light than without it. Because you're going to be in a battle. This world battles. And it's a whole lot better being in the fight with the light. With him looking upon the, your enemy and causing them to be fearful. He said, why does God let this happen, brother? Why did God let this happen? Let him alone. 
That's God doing that. Let him alone. Just walk on. That's God's business. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. What difference does it make? Lost all my money, Brother Branham. Well, bless God anyhow. Well, the Lord, well, why, 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 the storm blow my house away? Bless God anyhow. I'm sick. Bless God anyhow. The Lord give and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And just keep walking on. It's all for his glory. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through deep, deep trial, but it's all through the blood. That's the way he leads us. It's the same light that led them and it's the same light that led the wise men. It's the same light that's still leading the church tonight. So don't get frustrated if a Red Sea appears in your path. Don't get frustrated when sickness comes knocking on your door. He said, my, he said, thinking about him just leading me makes me want to shout and scream. That's the way he leads his dear children. He said, I'm not a psychologist. He said, but can you feel that lovely spirit now bathing over the building? He said, what if our eyes could come open now and look what's standing on the sides of these walls and up and down these aisles? Oh, Elisha. Oh, Elisha's servant. Look around you. There's more for you than there is against you. Amen. What was it? He was looking at the Syrians. He was looking at the issues around him. He was looking at the problems. He was looking at all the things that looked impossible. And the prophet of God said, God, open this boy's eyes. He said, there's more with us than there's against us. What do you mean? Open his eyes, Lord. And he said, he opened his eyes and he looked and the hills were filled with chariots of fire. And angels of fire. And he said, tonight, if our eyes could be open and we could see that other realm, you would see angels stationed all around this place with swords drawn, amen, pushing back spirits of doubt and spirits of depression, spirits of anxiety. It's a war with light and darkness, God versus Satan. And the light will prevail. It looks impossible sometimes. It looks like there's no way out. It looks like it's, what about this sick spell I'm going through? What about it? If he got you out of one sick spell, can't he get you out of another one? (laughs) If he got you out of one trouble, can't you get you out of another trouble? Bless God. If he got me out of sin, he'll get me out of the grave. He's God. What difference does it make? Just keep going. Keep your eyes on him. But just for the last few moments here, amen, what is it? The church of the living God has to have fire in it. It has to be present or it's not the church of the living God. Amen, but the church has to have fire. We have to have fire in our midst. You have to have fire in an engine to make it go down the road. You have to have fire in them old locomotives to make them build up steam that would cause them to go down the road. He said there's many churches that ain't got enough fire to even blow steam out the whistle. They ain't got enough fire to even say amen. They ain't got enough fire that can set them free enough to say hallelujah. They sure ain't got enough fire to dance. 
They don't even have enough fire to believe anymore that days of miracles are still here. God's still healing the sick. God's still raising the dead. God's still doing everything. He said, listen, civilization came by fire. Go back and find the tribes that use fire. He said, fire made my clothes. Fire makes light. Fire heats my dinner. Everything comes by fire. If you live in modern civilization, you live by fire. And if you live in the divine presence of God, you're baptized with fire and the Holy Ghost. He said, if you throw enough fire in that old steam engine, it'll get to popping It'll get to jumping, it'll get to bubbling, but something's happening. He said, all of a sudden you release that valve and pull the whistle and down the track she'll go. Let me tell you, you put enough wood of the Holy Ghost and enough wood of the word of God, enough fire of the Holy Ghost in this engine, this word, it'll drive down the tracks to divine healing. It'll drive down the tracks to miracles and signs and wonders. It'll drive down the tracks to all things are possible. talks about that turtle. Remember that turtle he found that had his head all sucked in? He's trying to make it go down the road and he he tried to put a switch on it. He said, I'm going to make him move. He said, I I got me a stick. Tried to beat him. (laughs) Tried to beat him real good to make him go go down the road. And uh, he said, "Just, just sit there and look at him. He said, I I got him and said, I'm going to fix him. He said, I got me some water. And I dunked him in that water. A few bubbles come up, but he stayed the same way. He said, you can sprinkle them, pour them backwards, forwards, anything you want to do. They'll go down dry and come up wet. Still a sinner. He said, you know how I made him move? I went and got me a handful of sticks, built a little fire, and set that old boy on it. He moved in, brother. So if your church ain't moving... <laughs> hey, you can beat them all you want to beat them. You can baptize them all you want to baptize them. But what you need to do is get you a few promises and stack them together. Just lay them one on top of the other and let the Holy Ghost, the same fire that lit the altar in Elijah's day, he'll come and light that promise again. Hallelujah. And an explosion will take place and fire begin to go out. Listen, we're not here to be spiritual fire extinguishers. I say we ought to build the fire as high as we can build it. Let the whole world know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let the whole world know he heals cancer. Let the whole world know he's still the savior of any lost sinner. Let them know. Build the fire higher. Let's don't put it out. Let's build it up. Put a Holy Ghost fire under her, brother. That's what the church needs today is an old time. Holy Ghost fire kindled under glory to God. That's what we do. Fire will move the church. Nothing else will. Hallelujah. Amen. Your psychology is not going to move her. It's not going to happen. Amen. Your intellectual speeches is not going to move her. But what will move this church of the living God is fire. 
The same one that murdered him out of Egypt. <laughs> same one that moved the wise men. The same one that moves you today. When this church was inaugurated, it was inaugurated by fire. So why should we have anything different? Why should we try to try to build up, amen, the power of God by our theologies and our psychologies and our thinking and our wants and our desire? Let the fire fall. It was inaugurated that way. He said it was inaugurated when rushing mighty wind came and heaven from heaven filled all the house. Fire fell on each and every one of them. Brother, the building wasn't big enough to hold them. Why can't we have services like that? Amen. Out of the streets they went singing, jumping, dancing. Wait a minute, sister. Wait a minute. What about the Virgin Mary? She was there too. Oh, yes, she was, acting like she was a drunk woman. Could you imagine the Virgin Mary? Could you imagine saying that in the Catholic Church, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, or somewhere else? The Virgin Mary was under the influence of the Holy Ghost, staggering like somebody drunk. And if God made the mother of Jesus go up there to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire before she could go to heaven, you'll never get there anything shorter than that. Might as well get the starch out of your collars and come on. That's right. And then when he was baptized, amen, when he was baptized and he talks about it at the, at the River Jordan, John saw the fire coming down. Saw the star, the light. Saul, who became Paul, what did he see? What caused him to go from trying to kill people and put them in jail to being one of them? That would cause a lot of pastors to keep trying to kill people and put them in jail. Get the fire. Amen. It will cause them to walk different. It will cause them to talk different. He says the light is coming again in the evening time. God's only chosen place of worship. What's this message come to? What's he going to do? In this day it shall be light at the evening time to welcome his children back home to the true promised land by the same sign of the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. That's God's chosen place of worship, Jesus Christ. Moses, one day he saw something that was on fire and it attracted his attention. And he said, that's what is needed today is a church on fire to attract some of these Moseses around here, to attract some of these sinners. It takes fire to make an attraction. Ooh. Oh, you let a scream go up the street, a fire! Everybody jump in their car and try to follow it. There's something attractive about a fire. What we need tonight is the Holy Ghost and fire! That will attract the believer that sees it. Hallelujah. One last couple here as we musicians can come. He said, have you noticed how it is today? We got enough God about us to come up the platform and say, well, maybe I better come up. So this is an experience worldwide. Yeah, I, I better go up and stand. Well, I don't know. Here I am, see, hum, hum, hum. There's no enthusiasm. There's not a go into it. 
or a get into it. And he said, as an evangelist, it just kills me to see God's people in that shape. We're supposed to be on fire. What's exactly what he said? He says in Revelation 3, you're lukewarm because you're lukewarm. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. That's what he said. And if he said that, that's what he's going to do. So let's not be that crowd. (laughs) You're here needy. Let's get it or die right here. Let's get it or die. Notice when this great moving power of God comes into into a son of God, it quickens them. The spirit of life enters into them. Then what does it do? It sets them in heavenly places right now. Not they will be, we are now. We already resurrected. The dynamics and the mechanics is going to work, quickened us. We're quickened up into the presence of God where his spirit is. And now we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we're a part of it. If you're part of the bride, the bride is part of the groom, you know. So we'll find out that the same thing that she'll do exactly what's predicted for her to do in this day. So what, 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 what is that? She won't be a Laodicean. Not by no means a lukewarm, but she will be on fire for God. She'll be moving on in the spirit of God. How many can say that, Lord? Where your spirit leads me, I'm gonna go. Hallelujah. I want you to stand to your feet and raise your hands and make that declaration to him. Lord, I've seen your star and where it leads me, I'm going to go. I'm going to follow it. I don't care what critics say. I don't care what naysayers say. I don't care what anybody say. He can hair left the lip the devil. I'm going to follow that fire. I'm going to follow that star. I'm going to worship the King of Kings and the Lord. I'm going to give my all and my best to him when I fall at his feet. Father, take the words tonight. Take it to hearts, Lord. Lord, the light, the star, the fire that's led your children. It's continuing to lead us on, Lord. God, there's many that don't see it and they're making fun of it and they're acting like it's just a bunch of emotion and this, that, and the other. But Lord, it's the same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. It's the same fire that's here today. Oh God, we just ask Father to burn in our hearts. Open our eyes, Lord, to see your word. Lord, if we haven't seen it, God, may our eyes be open. Lord, it's been a personal request of mine. Lord, I want to see that fire. I want to see your presence presence visible among us. Oh, God, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We glorify your name. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. Where you lead us, we'll go, Lord. Others may not want to go. They may want to despise it, make fun of it, but we're, we're not worried. We're following the pillar of fire. We love you, Father. May we just begin to kindle the fire, Lord, of God. Build it higher and brighter, Lord, as this day gets darker and darker. And a beam out, Lord, to every part of this world that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you're God and you change not. You're our Savior. You're Deliverer. You're our Healer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, Brother Mike. Ah. Uh-huh.